So hi, one of the Good Noise Podcasts. I'm Shane. I'm Glory. And we're here with Michael Gross, Scott Jones, and Matt Glass, and we're the Golden Eyes. And we're gonna ask them some questions today. I'm did gonna it. start. Did you guys did, you did it. it. Uh, so the hard part's over. <laughs> well, no, it only gets harder from here. Yeah. Um, so what inspired you guys to start the band and what does the band name mean? Uh sorry, what's the first part again? What inspired the creation of the band? Oh. Well, um, I'll take the first part, I guess. Um, we've all, like I said before, probably before we started recording, we, we've all known each other since junior high school. Um, and these other two guys actually formed a little band in junior high, right? So they started playing music together all the way back then in like eighth grade or something like that. Yeah, right? Was something like ninth that. grade, I think. Was that, was that 1000 West or was that before that? Wow, yes. Yeah. Um I done your research. I have done my research because I am in the I don't know how Discord server and we know all about the Brobex and one thousand West oh, and cool. this band and yeah. Well then that'll make it easy then yeah. for us to yeah. you'll know what we mean when we talk about things. Yeah. Matt and I um I can't remember what for what purpose we were in the band room at the same time together, but like I was playing guitar for something and Matt was playing. Maybe it was like a like a band contest or something. I yeah, can't that's right. Yeah, there was a bit of band contest because you were with uh, what's his? I can't remember the guy who was playing drums for you. Yeah, right? something. Yes, I mean Corey yeah. Rowley. Yeah, that's right. That's the first time I remembered that guy. Yeah, lots right. of good stories there. Anyway, um, Matt seemed like perhaps a better drummer at the time. I say perhaps back then because I didn't really have any concept of what was good and wasn't what wasn't good. Mm -hmm. um, and they had a guitar player. And it was just almost like we were at the same place at the same time and we just started playing music together. And that obviously, you know, uh, transformed into a band, which then transformed into, uh, you know, Brobex and a whole bunch of other things since then. So I think that's how that started. Dowling came into the mix, right? Um, playing bass and other things and, and then Mike later on. So yeah, that's funny. Yeah, so we've all known each other for a long time and, um, yeah, so because these guys played music and I was friends with them, I started to play music too, and then we've just kind of done that in one form or another ever ever since. Yeah. Yep. And as far as the name Golden Eyes, I'm not really sure why we chose that. Probably what I usually say when people ask like meaning of the band name uh, for any project I've ever been in, it's usually because it was available. Because <laughs> yeah. If you've ever tried to name a band, it's really hard to find a name that, you know, a hundred people don't have already. Mm -hmm. So I think it was probably a little bit of that too. Like we liked it, the sound of it and no one had it. So that's good enough for us. I think. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Uh, so congratulations on your newest release, a strange moment in time. Oh, How do you felt the response to it so far? Yes, that oh, exactly wow. actually. <laughs> Where'd this come from? Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. I just I, right I go everywhere with one of the copies. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, thanks. Thank you. Of course. Yeah. How, <laughs> how do you feel about the response to it so so far? Uh, well, we're on your podcast, so I think it's going excellently. Hell yeah! Great. Great right. answer. <laughs> Amazing. Um, no, it's good. I mean, look, we're. I mean, compared to, you know, uh, what am I trying to say? We're still very much unknown, we'll put it that way. But for, for the, the handful of people that do know about us, like it's been great. Yeah, nothing but 
positive things. Um, but I wouldn't expect anyone to say negative things probably to our face. Yeah. They say that behind our back. Mm. <laughs> no one's at least said to my face that they think it's horrible. That's but good. It's, that's good, yeah. 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 That's, that's good feedback. Good. <laughs> uh, so is there any meaning behind the album name or the cover art? Uh, yeah, I think we were thinking about different possible titles for the record. And that also, too, can be a challenge. Uh, but I wanted it because we recorded these songs during the pandemic when we were all kind of locked down at home. Um, I think some of the songs were influenced by that, you know, the situation that we were all in. And it was a strange time, right, for everybody and, and still is to some degree. And so I think that's probably why we settled on that was that to try to capture this the time that we were in when we recorded these things mm-hmm. this strange moment in time yeah you could say mm-hmm. um, and uh, the album art actually this is um this is actually a real photograph of that's my dad my dad's the guy on top here can you see mm-hmm. yes and that's his little brother this Aww. this picture is like from the 60s mm-hmm. wow. and my dad was home on leave from the army and he was like getting his brother in some kind of army combat maneuver. Mm-hmm. And I guess his dad, their dad, my grandfather took a photo of it. So we just thought it was kind of a cool picture. And then Matt added all the cool color stuff and design mm-hmm. to the original photo. Very cool. It's super cool. Uh, since you guys have worked on like a bunch of music before this together and everything, what was it like working during the pandemic, socially distanced over email and whatnot? How'd you guys adapt to that? Mm. I can take that one. Sure. Oh yeah, go for it. Oh, um, I'll just start, Matt. Obviously we'll have an opinion about it, but, um, this was sort of my foray back into music, like seriously. Um, and so we all started um like a, a chat group together mm. before we really started writing music together again and these guys were sort of like coaching me back into you know recording and kind of the new way of of doing a lot of digital stuff and a lot of just the ability to bring in effects and everything that you like and so they were kind of teaching me and as they were teaching me we sort of started to write songs again Mm-hmm. and uh and we're naturally just like bouncing ideas off of each other and i think that was maybe somewhat of the genesis for starting to think to think about writing things together um i thought it was fun i thought it was um a really interesting process that i think a lot of um, musicians are starting to adapt to um you, you see a lot of mainstream musicians doing this kind of thing so um it, I think it's a cool way to collaborate with people. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I was going to add that throughout most of the time we've done music together, I did all the recording and I kind of led on that stuff. And then over the last couple of years, Mike's been sort of like learning himself how to do it. And this was the first time I think that it was, well, I guess like there's a couple of Whisperhawk albums and stuff that I wasn't that involved in, but this one was like, I kind of just sat back and let you guys do all the recording and, just did basically just drums and then if you needed changes for me on the drums <clears throat> or had like questions about the program because i've been doing it for so long mm-hmm. but it's really fun to just kind of sit back and 
be less active in it so that I can enjoy the music more too because I don't have to listen mm. to it like a thousand times over yeah. during the mixing process. Fair enough. Yeah. Also, Matt, Matt's really busy. You know, he, he makes films and, and does a lot of different production work like that. And so, um, so it's, I think it was kind of twofold. I didn't want to keep bugging Matt like, hey, Matt, you know, do this, do this, do this, right? Mm. Um, because I was still like, you know, I'm still like uh, learning how to record things myself. And I was, I'm, you know, I've been really into it for the last few years. And so I wanted to try my hand at recording things too, you know, like for an actual album instead of just demos. Mm-hmm. And I knew that Matt was a busy guy, so I didn't want to bug him. So I think it just kind of worked out that way that, you know, uh, that I ended up doing a lot of the mixing and stuff like that. Yeah. I, you may get into this later in the interview, but um, it's been impressive watching Mike and his really mixing and recording capability and style. Um, Mm -hmm. And that really bleeds through on the album, just the way he, he put that together. I, I, I think it stands, you know, with any professionally recorded album that you, that you hear out there. I mean, he he did a nice job on it. So it was fun to be a part of that process. Thanks pal. Very nice. I would say like back when I was recording too, it was still Mike still had all the like I could never tell when a guitar sounded right or a bass sounded right and all that or vo- even vocals and stuff. So it's not like I just was some recording guy and then Mike just started taking over. It was always a collaboration okay. in the all beginning. Right. All right. Nice. Not nice. <laughs> uh, so can you guys tell me a little bit about your writing process for this record? I think we started. Scott and I started writing a couple of songs together that we were going to uh, pitch for uh, like television placements and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been working with a company for quite a few years now that that does that uh, song licensing and stuff like that. And I thought it would be fun to collaborate with Scott because we're, I think we have a lot of similar ideas and we have the same uh, type of style musically. So I thought it would be fun to collaborate and see if we could write a couple songs that maybe could get used in something. Um, but, and so we, we did a couple of those and then we thought, wow, these sound pretty good. Let's, let's write more songs. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, I just kind of went from there and then we decided, well, let's just make an album out of these songs then. Mm-hmm. And so that's where it started. But, but I've been wanting to collaborate with Scott for a while. He'd been away from, playing music for a few years and I thought it would be cool to uh, just get back together and you know it's it when you collaborate with somebody they always bring something unique mm-hmm. to the project that you know you wouldn't otherwise do on your own yeah mm-hmm. so I, I'll add a couple things to that um, to that process that I thought was interesting um, so I you know I grew up in, in fact all of us grew up to some extent fans of the Beatles Mm-hmm. Um, and we we really geeked out over that when we were younger. I think Matt, I remember you and I like watching the Beatles anthology, you know, live. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, you guys are probably way too young to remember that, but um, oh yeah, it was. Uh, they they basically had this uh, kind of documentary that they aired for a few years or for a few days um, in the '90s, and you got kind of like a back scene look. At how the, at their recording process, like Lennon and McCartney. Oh, okay. 
And so what was cool about the process for, for Mike and I in writing a lot of these songs was sometimes he would come up with the melody uh, or excuse me, he would come up with the music. And I mean, like all of it had been basically recorded for me. So I'd have a drum track, I'd have some guitar tracks, a bass track, and he would just be like, I don't really know what to do with this. Take it from here. Mm-hmm. And so then I would take, I would take it, put, lay down some vocals, lay down a melody, and then we would, I'd pass it back to him. And sometimes it was just, it was a case where I would have that, you know, kind of music track. He would put the vocal to it. And then we would add maybe some backup, maybe some, you know, guitar solos, maybe whatever. So really most of the songs you hear on this album were that kind of process where it's like passing things back and forth. And I may have handed it to him with maybe a different kind of point of view mm-hmm. and he'd send it back with something very different. And I'd be like, whoa, that that's not what I was thinking at all, but that's cool. Yeah. yeah. So that was, that was a fun process. That sounds cool. I love that. That's what's cool yeah. about collaboration. Yeah. It's different different ways of looking at the same thing yeah so mm-hmm. that's why people do it that's why people form bands yeah, yeah exactly uh so had the track list for this come about did you guys like write an opener to be an opener a closer to be a closer or did you just kind of shuffle it and like that sounds right i think it was more that yeah oh. we, i don't think we knew what it wasn't like a wasn't like a concept album per se so it wasn't like one track leads into the next one mm-hmm. intentionally but I think when you write a collection of songs, you do go through them when they're done and, and see in what order they fit the best. You know, like, for example, sometimes like if a song ends on a certain chord and the next one begins with that same chord, mm-hmm. that might be a good song to put together. Yes. Yeah. This has a, kind of a nice flow to it. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't always work out perfectly, but you just try your best to put them in. The order you think is best mm-hmm. yeah makes sense all right uh so what song off this record took the longest to write and which one is each of your own personal favorites oh wow i don't know i you know i and i don't know if this is a good thing but i write songs really fast okay. and i try not to i try not to labor over them too long um because then you just start getting really like nitpicky yeah. you start you're worrying about things that probably don't really matter you know yeah. as far as like the, the song is concerned and so i feel like we crank these out pretty fast i don't know if scott had some of these songs already in his back pocket but i know for me i mean i think i i wrote the songs that i at least the songs that i wrote the basic outline and and chord structure for i feel like that was really fast and that's kind of how I like to work. I like mm-hmm. to do things quickly while I'm feeling a certain way, right? I feel like I got a little momentum. Mm-hmm. I want to get it done while I'm feeling that way. Yeah. Um, and like I said, there's different philosophies and different ways you can write music, but that's what I've always liked to do personally. So yeah, I think I think most of these came together pretty fast. Okay. I would say me personally, um, I'm so another benefit of being in a band like mike was saying is you have different you know strengths and weaknesses and character traits that is definitely a character trait of mike's mm-hmm. to like get get stuff done yeah mm-hmm. um and so i i don't have that same personality so a lot of a lot of songs that i maybe brought to the table was me sitting on the couch every night picking through something on the on the acoustic guitar 
yeah. and maybe doing that for weeks until it's like, oh, this is kind of cool. Maybe it's a song. And then um, showing it to Mike and Mike's like, all right, well, you know, get it done so that we can, <laughs> we can turn it into something. And so I actually, I actually enjoyed that pressure um, mm-hmm. to, to turn it into something. I'm, I, Cause I think otherwise I may have, it may still be something I'm picking at, you know, at the guitar while I'm watching TV. Yeah. So. You're welcome. Thanks, man. <laughs> and favorite songs mm-hmm. off the record. Hey, Jeff, favorite pick songs? One. Matt? Yep, favorite songs. Since Matt, I, like I think it. Matt would be good to ask this because he's, you know, probably hadn't listened to it as much as we have. I, I remember, I think Rattlesnake is the one I'm thinking of. I don't play drums on it. And I listened to it. I'm like, what's this song? I don't even know this song existed. <laughs> yeah, I really like that one. All right. Mm-hmm. That was cool too. I like, but they're the all great, and the, you should get the whole album. But that's the one I remember being like surprised because I'd never heard any of it until, like, I think it might have been a video that Mike put out like as a preview, and I was like, "What is this? Like, is that me? I don't think I did that." <laughs> that's an example of one Mike basically wrote and handed off to me, and I and I sort of turned it into this, um, you know, outlaw story, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think it turned out it turned out well. Yeah, it was fun. Like Scott, favorite songs off the record. Um, I think my favorite song is "On My Way." Mm-hmm. Um, this is one that Mike that originated with Mike, and one of the reasons it's my favorite. Well, I just think it's a cool song. I like the message of it. I like um, like the the melody. It was he gave me this a challenge to create um, a harmony, <clears throat> excuse me, a backup vocal harmony. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was a challenge. And that, it, that I think it pushed my, pushed me to my limits to, to put something that sounded very complimentary to his unique voice. Mm-hmm. And I like how it turned out. It's a good song. Yeah. I, I think I dig that one too. And, and for a lot of the same reasons, like um, one of Scott's, like, I think, I mean, he's he's a really good musician in a lot of ways, but one of his real strengths is his ability to uh, do vocal harmonies. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've ever tried to do that or if you sing or not, but it's it's not an easy thing to do. And it's kind of one of those things that you have an ear for or you don't have an ear mm-hmm. for it, yeah. right? So, like, not everyone is, like, good at it or can even do it. it Scott, I think, it like, vocal harmonies come really naturally to him and he's really good at them. And... So I, I'd probably say on my way also, just because it's like both of our voices harmonizing throughout the entire song, yeah. which you don't hear that often either is, is just, you know, you might hear vocal harmonies in parts of songs on a chorus maybe, but throughout the whole song, it's not very common. And I think just for that reason alone, I, I like that song because it's a little different yeah. than the mm-hmm. usual. All right. Uh, so you guys did mention this a little bit when we went over the album title, but if you wanted to go more in depth, where was your headspace at while uh, writing this album? You know, I was thinking about this, and I don't even know that we were like intentional about a theme, perhaps per se. But I think a lot of the songs have to do with um, the pandemic experience, if you will. Mm-hmm. where it's kind of like we've suffered some loss, right? Um, or um, I think about the song Down But Not Out and It's Gonna Be All Right. Like those are kind of about going through a tough time and trying to get through it. Um, so I, I, 
I don't know that, again, I don't know that we were intentional about that in these songs, but it feels like there's a bit of a theme about, um, you know, loss, challenge, maybe a little bit of depression and difficulty and maybe getting through some of those things, which I think is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'd agree with that. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I didn't rehearse that, by the way. I, was, I disagree. Yeah, it was beautiful. Uh-oh. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> Let's get let's get this going. Let's have a debate. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, how do you guys recommend your fans to listen to this record for the first time? Do you think they should cut off the lights, put on some headphones, just kind of immerse themselves in the album? Should they go on a road trip with friends? Should they just put it on at a party? What do you guys think? I would say, look, just because the way I like to listen to music, I mean, you can listen to it a variety of ways, and there's a place for all those different ways of listening to music. But if you really want to like get what the album is trying to say mm -hmm. i feel like you gotta kind of put on some headphones or listen on some nice speakers mm -hmm. uh, by yourself without distraction mm -hmm. and just really kind of listen you know yeah. like just give it a really good listen that's how i like to listen to music but you know i understand if you're at a party i mean this probably isn't party music <laughs> You that's know, a what I, kind of party though i would yeah, <laughs> I, guess, mm -hmm. I guess maybe if you're just getting together with a bunch of you know depressed people and <laughs> trying to comfort each maybe. other maybe you know this might be a good soundtrack to put on but mm -hmm. um yeah i mean this wouldn't go over well at a dance party but it, it, i think it's definitely the type of album that you want to listen to closely maybe by yourself somewhere i agree that's what I would say. yeah okay. definitely what do you think matt I feel. I think it feels like a driving album, like when you're driving through the mountains yep. or something like that. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Yeah, has that feel that's to what me. For, yeah. A nice Emmys in the background, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Matt doesn't. Matt doesn't want to flex. That's okay. That's an Emmy winning. What did you get those for? Uh, documentary stuff. Just directing. Oh, you know. An Emmy winning Just... documentarian. <laughs> wow. Wow. Those are real Emmys. We don't yeah. have to worry about that. We have a famous person in the room. Oh, my God. <laughs> we don't have to worry about that. Uh... Oh, my God. He pulled a gun. Um, That's why I didn't want to bother him about recording this album because he was too busy winning Emmys. He was too exactly, busy dusting yeah. off those Emmys. Got yeah, to yeah, make exactly. a lot of them. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Get dusty. I can't help it. Um, mm -hmm. So this question should be super, super quick. Off the top of your head, I want you to describe this album for new listeners in three words. No more, no less. All three of you have to do it. Three words. Oh, yeah. Three words. As fast as you can. Oh. Mm -hmm. Throwback classics. That's, that's good. Two words. Yeah, I was. <laughs> Throwback <laughs> classics. That's three. Throwback oh, is one word. Throwback is yeah. one word. Throwback. You yeah. can probably. We'll we'll split it. Up. You, yeah, yeah, we'll split it. Yeah. We'll, we'll, let's let's pretend we split the word. Okay. Throwback classics. Okay. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. Throw it back somewhere. Yeah. Okay. This this will be probably for the purists out there, the, the musical purists, um, but I'm going to say pure analog joy. Okay. okay. Nice. Yeah. Uh, textured guitar rock. <laughs> All right. <laughs> nice. Good job, guys. All right. Uh, so none of, those are, none of those things are wrong, except for mine. That, well... <laughs> God damn it. Uh, uh, so, what is your favorite memory you made while creating this record? Let's be wholesome, guys. Yeah, come on. 
I'm, I'm just happy to, to complete something honestly with, um, with Scott here. Cause his Matt and I have been recording music together over the years and we've, we've collaborated on a lot of things, but this was kind of like Scott said earlier, this is kind of his first thing back after a few years of, of not recording anything and playing and stuff mm-hmm. with, with the group anyway. Uh, so I thought it was cool to, to make something with Scott and to see him get back into it, you know, of, of making music and, and it was cool to see that he still had, you know, the mojo, right? He still mm-hmm. knew how to to put a song together and to add cool parts to it. So yeah. that was cool for me to see. So that was, I thought that was a pretty good accomplishment for myself to just collaborate with Scott here. Hell yeah. yeah. Hey, thanks, man. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> we got a love fest going on over here. Um, actually, that was, that was I, I mean, I agree. That was... I, I wasn't sure I had the mojo to be completely honest with you. Like, um, it'd been a while. Um, but I think for me, it was like, it was also cool. So like, I've, I've stayed in touch with Matt over the years. Mm-hmm. I've stayed in touch with Mike over the years, but kind of separately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this kind of brought all of us back together. Um, which was, which has been fun, right? Like we have a long history together and, lots of inside jokes and you know you talk to like old friends differently than you talk to maybe other people in yeah. your lives mm-hmm. and uh, it was just fun to kind of like strike up those friendships again that way and like create some seriously good music yeah. um i think i forgot like how big of a part of my life that was mm-hmm. and so it was fun to bring that back into kind of like who i am and i, I don't think i'll ever let go of it at this point like I'm excited to keep doing this. Hell yeah. Good, good. Nice. Uh, I think for me, it's kind of what I touched on already. Like I don't really have memories associated with making it because my part doing my thing was, you know, it wasn't the biggest part of it. And it's Mm -hmm. so nice to have a project where you don't have to like, you're not so into it that you are sick of listening to it because you had to do it so much. And sometimes when you make an album, you have to wait like five or six years down the line where you've like washed away all the pain it took to make it, to listen to it. And you're like, Oh, this is cool. It's nice to just get that right off the front and just like be like, Oh, this is great. You don't have to have all that stress. Yeah. Well, and when you're, you know, when you're like us and you're independent musicians and you're, you're making records independently, you got to wear a lot of hats. You know what I mean? So you have, you're the musician, you're the songwriter, you're the producer, you're the recording engineer. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. It's just a lot, you know, and it can be cool. Like I, I enjoy all of those things, but there is something to be said about not have having to do so much, you know what I mean? To just have a singular role or maybe a couple different roles instead mm-hmm. of five or six different roles. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we've all taken part in, in different roles over the years and in, in different groups we've played with. But um, I envy Matt, you know, it would be cool to just play guitar on a record or something and not have to worry about anything else it'd be a nice change of pace i think yeah um so before we go into these next couple questions do you guys plan on bringing this project to the stage like doing live performances with it i i mean i think we would all be down for it it's a little difficult matt lives in los angeles we live in utah so Mm -hmm. that's obviously an issue um, you know, Scott and I probably could do some stuff, uh, as a duo, mm-hmm. um, 
around here, I think, I mean, we, we've been rehearsing a little bit, just kind of like two acoustic guitars and stuff. So I think probably initially, if we start doing some shows and stuff, it would probably be something like that, just like an acoustic performance or something. Yeah. Um, you know, if we found a way that was convenient, um, you know, to get out to Los Angeles or something, mm -hmm. yeah, um, then we could put something together, the three of us, and do something. But All right. yeah, we're always open to performing. All right. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. uh, so when you guys are performing, do you have any pre-show rituals that you would like to share with the class? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Honestly, like I haven't, I haven't performed live in a while. You know, mm -hmm. like in person. I mean, obviously, over the last year, nobody's been performing. But yeah. um, not really. Usually, it's just like. You know, it, it just kind of happens really fast. You show up to the gig, you know, the, the people before you play too long or something, and so you have to hurry and set your stuff up and yeah. hurry and start playing, you know, because usually if you're on a show that has multiple, you know, people performing, it's just kind of like hurry yeah, up, yeah. play, mm -hmm. hurry up and get off. Mm -hmm. uh, it would be nice to have like a show that is like yours, I think, where people are there to see you perform yeah. and you kind of take your time and, and do it right. But I just, you know, haven't been to that in that place for a while. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I, I think it would be different. Maybe I would start getting some rituals, you know, Yeah. going. I remember, uh, Mike, here, here's, here's another, just uh, inside story for you. Mike and I used to play basketball together on the junior high basketball team. God damn. I before every game, Mike would do push-ups. I don't even remember that. He did. <laughs> he did do that. Like eighth grade, he's like down there doing the push-ups. And then like, mm -hmm. you know, he was just balling after that. So I could imagine him doing that before a show too. Some push-ups, maybe I'll, maybe yeah. I'll incorporate that into the live set. Yeah. Yeah. Up. yeah. Yeah. If you don't have time before the live set, you can just do it on stage to get the crowd pumped, you know? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, I do remember, I know in the, in the Brobex days when we were touring especially and, and doing a lot of shows hmm. and some of the shows were bigger shows you know what I mean we, we would do some of that we would if there was ever a basketball sometimes we would bring a basketball and we would just mess around with it before the show began you know in the mm -hmm. parking lot just to yeah I mean it does help to kind of you know get get your body going and maybe mm -hmm. work off some of the uh, you know the, the tension or, or whatever yeah. apprehension yeah. so yeah I probably would do something like that alright okay. All right. All right. <laughs> so if and when you guys do take this album to the stage uh, what three songs off of it are you most excited to play live I have one mm -hmm. yeah what? Uh, I really think it'd be fun to do like you know real <clears throat> electric guitar versions of Amen and Amen. Mm. I think that song like rocks big time. It'd be fun to play live. Oh, right. Yeah, that's the hard thing about being a two or a three piece mm -hmm. is all the songs we recorded have, you know, they're built for like a six piece band or something. <laughs> yeah. So it'd be hard to replicate that, you know, without maybe doing some backing tracks or something. Yeah. Um, so we, we would have to you know, obviously we'd have to rearrange some things, you mm -hmm. know, for 
smaller group, you know. Yeah. We probably won't have six or seven people on stage playing. I guess we could, but I mean, you, know, cool. you want to split the money seven ways? I don't. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Not when there's like a fifty-fifty shot. You're going to get paid anyway. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Good times. Um, so picture this, you're on tour, you're at a gas station for a rest stop. What is your snack of choice? Here we go. This is the good stuff. There we mm -hmm. go. We're talking frill. There's a thing called F dash R E A L. Is that how you spell it? It's like yeah, this weird sure. shake. Frills. Yeah. They have them at gas stations. It's like a shake that you, it's concentrated and you put it in this machine and it turns into a shake right fresh. We, there's a place between los angeles and las vegas that has it prim mm -hmm. everybody we've got them we've got them around here too yeah maverick has them right yeah yeah we man have they were there they were so good yeah those were always good for the road um i yeah i've always liked um i've always liked uh like checks mix mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah um, yeah what, what's the kind that's like uh what it, there's the kind that's not like cookies and cream, but it's the kind I think it has like white chocolate or something. I don't know. Maybe it's just I, like yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's Oreo checks mix. I don't know. Uh, but I don't know. That's, that's always good. I mean good. sounds good. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to look it up and send it to you. All right. We used to have uh in one of our bands we had a guy who would get really excited about weird things on the menu he would order it and then get mad at himself for ordering it and not eat any of it uh -huh. you know, talking about mike Gross. yes because there would always be something wrong with it like they'd always mess yeah. up the order or like you'd order something and it ended up being like 25 dollars and like huh. really have 25 dollars like i mean he did yeah. but like it was really cutting into his budget so mm -hmm. he was like why do that you know? and we were all like this stuff's great i don't know what you're talking about sorry man why didn't he read like the menu beforehand and look at the price yeah yeah because uh he just didn't he just didn't 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 care enough never, never, did that. never uh, learned his lesson yeah oh. um another one i thought of was uh donuts are always good too yeah especially you know um if you're ever going through california there's like a donut shop on every corner yeah so, that's mm -hmm. a pretty easy thing to just yeah, I agree. I'm real close to a donut place now. It's great. <laughs> Living the life. Oh it's yeah, crazy. donut king. Scott, do you have one? Um, I'm gonna go with combos. Yep. Uh, I'm I'm gonna get real weird. The uh, the blue cheese. Uh, the like it's like the there's a combos version that's like um, buffalo blue cheese or something like that. It's okay. actually really good, Matt. You need to try it. Um, and beef jerky. Beef jerky. Classic. Combos beef jerky or just beef jerky? Combos and beef jerky. Okay. okay. I didn't know if they had come out with the beef jerky flavor. I was like, oh. That's so combos is a brand. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. huh. yeah. Oh, yeah. I see. There. Oh, yeah. There's a buffalo blue cheese. Nice. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you right now. I would eat that. Right. that's what you're doing after this yeah. <laughs> uh, so nice. i know you guys have recently uh just dropped this album but are you working on anything new that you can tell us about you got any new songs i mean there's always there's always stuff that that we're cooking up mike is like a songwriting machine um and he, his his uh, whisper hawk um 
you know, group or solo project is he's always cranking out great tunes. Mm -hmm. Um, but I would say, I would say we do plan on writing some new tunes together and doing something with it for sure. Yeah. I, we haven't started writing any new GoldenEye stuff yet, Mm -hmm. at least me personally, but I'm pretty sure once we just decide, Hey, let's do another album, then we'll probably crank them out really fast. But, um, but yeah, I just finished another Whisperhawk record. It's not released yet. I don't know when it's going to be released, but uh, so I'm, I've been working on that. And now I I think for the first time in a while, I don't have a, much to work on. Oh yeah, I am remixing an old record of mine, an old, so my first solo record uh, called Tales from a Country Home. I'm actually remixing that mm-hmm. for fun. Uh, but yeah, I haven't have any I don't have any brand new songs on the horizon right now but you know it all happens pretty fast fair enough yeah, yeah I, I'm all on I'm always tinkering with stuff like some people are just kind of like wired that way where there's just like music going on in their heads and I, I'm one of those people and so what I what I do is I I record those little sound bites mm-hmm. and I probably have 25 or so like almost songs yeah that i think i'll go back to and those will probably make up um some of what we do next together i would say all right that's exciting matt you're working on anything new over there Uh, i just finished or recently finished the score for another movie it'll come out in a year maybe or i don't know it's kind of all up in the air at the moment all right it's called ghosts of the ozarks matt does movie scoring too so Wow. He directs and he composes music for That's movies true. too. Goddamn, crazy. 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 Yeah. yeah, I, I, I think it, <laughs> I think it would be fun actually. And maybe I'm proposing this, you know, very publicly right now. Okay. Um, but it is what it is. I think it'd be fun to kind of get some of that uh, movie score work into maybe some of the some of what we record in the future. I, I, Matt knows that I really dig that kind of music as well. Um, mm-hmm. it'd be fun to integrate some of that into some of our writing. There you go. Nice. Settled. All right. It's going to happen. Right. Next, album. Next album. There we go. Awesome. <laughs> Matt, your hands off approach is done now. You have to work <laughs> exactly. on the project now. Yep. <laughs> um, so where do you guys see the band in the next five years? I don't know. I, I think. The, prison. Yeah. Prison. Oh, <laughs> probably. all right. Most Thanks. likely. Prison. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think. In five years, we'll we'll have put out probably a lot of music. Um, I would like to get, you know, songs out there. I envision us getting, you know, a couple of placements or more within, you know, in uh, for music licensing, whether it be television or film or something like that. That's something I'd like to do with this group because I think we're, I, I think at, at the very core, we're all songwriters. And and that's how we approach music is is songwriting and and not necessarily like trying to chase a certain genre or um, you know whatever might be popular at the moment. Um, I think we're traditional, maybe classic songwriters. You could say mm-hmm. we're influenced by a lot of classic music from '60s and '70s and through the '90s. That's kind of you know what we grew up loving, and I think that's kind of rubbed off on us as far as our songwriting goes. Uh, so, and, and those types of things tend to 
to work pretty well when it comes to uh, television and stuff like that. When you, you know, when you hear a, music, a song in the background of a TV show, it's usually kind of a singer songwriter type mm-hmm. thing yeah. going on. Yeah. And so I think it'd be cool to get some stuff like that. Uh, plus that would help us to keep making and recording music too. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, hopefully we can get some shows going too in some form. Hell yeah. That'd be sick. Yeah. Solid. All right. Uh, so for the last couple of questions, we're actually going to shift away from music. If that's okay with you guys. Ooh. Yeah, of course. Sick. All right. <laughs> so we're going to go straight to death row. Boom. So if you're on death row, what would your last meal be with a drink? Death row records? No, death row, <laughs> no. death row. Yeah, like you're going to die. talking about prison. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry, say that again. Death row. Last What's your death last row, meal? last meal, last Bro. drink. Wow. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Stumper. I like, um, I really like Asian food. Mm-hmm. So I'd probably have uh, some sort of Asian dish, maybe something Filipino or Thai. I really mm-hmm. like that stuff. So I think it'd probably be something like that. And my drink would probably be uh, a fresca, <laughs> black cherry. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mike, what would my, my last meal be? Plain hamburger with nothing on it. <laughs> And cheese with a Coke. <laughs> and fries, of course. And fries. Yeah. And now you're stuck with it. Back in the day, Matt, it was the it was the two cheeseburger meal. And McDonald's, right? yeah. It's still pretty good. Getting that with you many times. <laughs> yeah. With nothing has, on it. You've expanded your horizons a lot since you I eat other food now, but you gotta go back to the classics when you're yeah, there, was a time, there was a time where Matt would only order like two things. He would only eat two things, it seemed. Now it's like three or four. So. Yeah, it's three or four. Well, that's you good. literally doubled it. Look at that. Yeah. Scott, how what are you eating and drinking before you die? Okay, okay. Um this is hard. My wife is an exceptional uh eclectic cook. Um, but I think one of the one of the best things that she makes. I, I'm also into you know international cooking. Um, my favorite food is probably Indian food, mm-hmm. and she makes just a fantastic tikka masala. Whoa, I, I love tikka masala. So I'd probably go with that, um, and I would probably go with the Rockstar juiced uh, drink that they have. Oh, it's it's actually right here. Oh, you mean oh look at that. <laughs> you pull out the entire garbage can. Nice. Okay. Solid. Okay. Yeah, that's uh I'm digging those drinks right now. Uh don't see that changing by the time I get to death row. Fair enough. Yeah. Little known fact about chicken tiki masala, it's believed to have originated in Glasgow, Scotland. Oh. Very just interesting. Ruined it. Just ruined and it. They, but they like there's so many places there that have it. I mean it was at an Indian restaurant, but it's amazing there. It's so good. Mm. So true. Interesting. Uh, so if you could live in one fictional world for a week, where would you live? Fictional world. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Finger. <laughs> um somebody has to go first. I'm gonna go with Hill Valley nineteen fifty five. With uh 
Biff, um, Marty McFly. Of course. And and the gang. All right. I got to think of another one because that's what I was going to do. You can have the same one. 2015 Back to the Future 2. Okay. Okay. More. What about the alternate 1985? You mean Hell Valley? Yeah. Well, that's difficult. Did I ever tell you, Scott, that I ride my bike around town all the time and I was watching Back to the Future and there's a part after he leaves Doc's uh, workshop at the beginning and skates past the Burger King. I was like, Mm -hmm. wait a minute. That's the Burger King that I ride my bike past all the time. (gasps) Wow. I'm basically Marty McFly. I used to live right next to Doc Brown's house also in Pasadena. Oh, my God. That blows my mind. God damn. Cool. That's so uh, cool. We need to we need to go check it out. I can give you the tour. There's a couple places around there. Fine. Let's do it. That's so cool. And that's why you're famous, Matt. Yes. Yeah. He I'm knows all the spots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, all the places from Back to the Future. Actually, yeah. Pee Wee Herman's house is not far from Back to the Future's house. Place. Anyway, we'll get there. Right. Wow. Mike. I don't know if there's a fi- I don't know if there's a fictional world I would go sure. to, but if I could go back in time, let me just kind of change it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um. I'd like to go back to the 70s. I feel like I, I kind of feel like I should have been around then. I just like a lot about that era. Fair enough. That's, that's where I would go. Okay. Okay. Solid. That's uh, okay for you guys. That's fine. No, that's fine. That's yeah. fine. I, I don't think that's okay. I can change it if you want. No, 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 no I, think it's good. I think it's, it's okay. Pick a, a fictional movie that takes place in the 70s. That, that's a good middle ground. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Just say almost famous. Isn't that in the 70s? Early yeah, 70s? Is Greece in the 70s? I don't know. Greece yeah, is the Greece 50s, is I think. 50s? Oh. It was made in the 70s, though. Okay. Yeah. You're not all the way wrong. Okay. I'll take that. <laughs> I feel like every fictional world thing that I like is always like not a place you want to go to. Like nobody wants to live in Game of Thrones or like no. anything like that. Yeah. I mean, what what fictional worlds are there other than like star wars or star trek or something i mean yeah like lord of the rings Harry Harry potter hunger games you know Ooh, yeah nobody oh, wants no. to go there but yeah, i know yeah, that's <laughs> the thing, yeah. but it's an option yeah that's why i chose hill valley guys <laughs> exactly yeah good choice okay so I'm just gonna, yeah just go i'm just, go. just gonna lock that in all right sorry. <laughs> it's, it's all good it's all good uh so i have the honor of asking the last question every single person we've spoken to has actually said it is the most important question what is your favorite color yeah. thank you scott thank you we haven't gotten a laugh in a while <laughs> mine changes okay so like you know what I mean? I, I go through stages where I really dig a certain color. And right now, I really dig gold. Ooh, okay. Color gold. And I have a couple guitars that have like a gold uh, color to them. And I don't know, something about it just really uh, pleases me at the moment. Mm-hmm. But I've also liked white in the past, which is really boring. But fair enough. White's a cool color. I yeah. love mm-hmm. white guitars and you know just stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I have I have kind of a maybe embarrassing revealing response to this one. Um, I I do like my clothing shopping on my own. Um, mm-hmm. Not all men in relationships do that. You know, their significant other influences that. Mm-hmm. I kind of just have always done that on my own. I don't know why this is, but most of the things in my closet are gray. Okay. And my wife will look at my closet and just she's kind of like, 
dude, are you going to, like, mix it up at all? Like, <laughs> what's going on here? And for yeah. some reason, it just keeps, I just keep gravitating to gray, so maybe that's mm-hmm. my favorite color. All right, gray's solid, though. Yeah, gray's a good, good color. color. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, my favorite color used to be red. Now it's, I guess, orange, amber, which is kind of golden, like what Mike's saying. All right. And then, color. And a good combo with that is, like, a good orange and a good cyan. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. two for yeah. Oh, oh my God. That's exactly. a great like, plug. Exactly like yeah. that. <laughs> and actually, that's a great segue. That's all the questions we have today. Is there anything that you guys would like to plug? I'd like to plug my T-shirt. <laughs> this, is, um, this is from the 80s TV series Hunter, mm-hmm. which I think lasted maybe <laughs> six seasons or so. I would also oh. like to, to uh, talk about the 80s. I have my clap on, clap off T-shirt. <laughs> okay. Right. Okay. So I would just say, again, um, the t-shirt. watch reruns of Hunter on, um, you know, one of those cable channels that are like your parents watch, your grandparents watch. They show like old reruns of, you know, stuff from the 70s and 80s. You can probably mm-hmm. find it on one of those channels. And I dig it. So All right. I bought All right. a shirt of the guy's head. Yeah. Nice. You should get the album, maybe. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Check out the album. Um, we have T-shirts too, on the Golden Eyes Bandcamp page. I think the GoldenEyes.com might even just take you to the Bandcamp page. I don't remember, but anyway, we have hard copies if you like, you know, little mementos like compact discs, or if you like T-shirts, we have those too. So mm-hmm. check that out. All right. Well, thank you for sitting out with us, guys. It's been the Golden Eyes and We're the Good Noise podcast.